Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. He's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse you, wash you, cleanse you from all sin and unrighteousness. You have to wait on his cleansing. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Well, uh, in the book of Luke, rather the book of Matthew, we'll start here this morning, Matthew the 11th chapter, Matthew 11. Now wait for a moment uh, while you get the scripture, Matthew 11. Matthew 11, and we're going to start actually verse number 25. The Lord told me that my people need deliverance. My people need deliverance. And I asked the Lord, well, what does deliverance really mean? And he took me to some places. And, but in the long and short of it, deliverance means to rescue from moral corruption or evil. It means salvation, deliverance. But deliverance is one thing that you cannot receive until you ask for it, until you ask for it. In the life of a born-again believer, one that is committed to the Lord, one that is a disciple of Christ, you will notice that at different times in your walk with Christ, your spirit man will be marred. It would be something you feel like a, an ickiness on your spirit, man. Something is wrong. Sometimes you may even feel dirty or you will feel the presence of someone else with you and it's not the Lord. You'll find that at different times and different seasons in your life that Spirits, uh, unclean spirits, can attach themselves to you. Now, I'm not saying that they can possess a born-again believer. I do not believe that. I do not believe that the Word of God teaches that either. But the born-again believer can be oppressed by evil spirits. They can influence you, influence the way you think or even influence the way you see things when we are oppressed by an unclean spirit. You walk around and know that there's something wrong. I don't know what it is, but there is something wrong. Something wrong. And that is a very good indication that an unclean spirit is present. There is an unrest in your heart, and, and you know what it means to be clean. That's one thing that a born-again believer has, I'm telling you. You know what it means to be clean, to be in his presence. You know what it means to be washed by the blood of Jesus. You know what it means to at least feel like you're right in God. Not by works, but by the work of the spirit in your heart not by the works of your flesh but by the works of your spirit you know what it means to feel at peace and at rest on the inside and when rest is taken from you oh it's a horrible feeling 
The Lord says, my people need deliverance. But again, deliverance cannot be had until you ask for it. Jesus said, I came not for those that were well, but I came for those that needed a physician, that needed a doctor. Those that realized that they were spiritually sick, that there was something wrong on the inside. He said, I came for those. Even after the cross, there can come, we can have experiences that would lead us and that, that leads us further into his presence. We'll have experiences. There'll, there'll be different times when our, our soul man can be marred by the things of the world. When we may see something or hear something or something enters in into our heart that can cause us to be defiled on the inside. And even though we've asked forgiveness of something that we have done, still the stench of it remains on the inside. When we go around other believers, we, we say, oh my God, I hope that they don't notice what I have been doing. And some will even say, well, I just won't go to church. I, I just don't feel clean enough to be in the presence of the Lord. I, I just don't feel it. I just don't, I know I'm just not right. So I just won't go to church. Well, this is a doctrine that has been taught by the devil for centuries. The enemy has been a master at convincing believers and unbelievers that you have to be right before you can come into God's presence. This doctrine has been sown into the body. It's been sown on the, sown on the uh, television programs and on movies and in magazines that you have to be right before you can come to God. They tell you it is improper to come before the presence of God dirty, filthy. They say you've got to be clean first. Well, I can understand what they or how they would think of such, but this comes not from Scripture. Because the Bible declares that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the Bible declares that the Lord gave his life a ransom for us. In other words, he paid for our sins. He thought that we were worthy enough. He thought that we were worth the investment. He thought that there was something valuable inside of us before we performed one righteous act. Think about that. Before we performed one righteous act, he already gave his life for you. He already paid for it. It is as if someone were to go in a junkyard or and see a car there and it's all rusted and dirty and just filthy. But the prospective buyer sees the vehicle, but they're not looking at what it is. They're looking at it, what it shall be. 
Oh, they're looking at, I'm going to give it a new paint job. I'm going to put new seats in this. And I'm going to put this chrome motor in it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. They're not looking at what it is. They're looking at what it shall be. Which is the picture also that we get from the Father. It is not what you are, but what you shall be that God has invested in so long ago. But at different times in life, we can get marred in spirit. Now, I'm talking to those that want to have a fresh walk with the Lord. I'm talking to those that want to ascend to higher heights and and deeper depths. Because this feeling that I'm speaking about, this uncleanness, this dirtiness, we can all feel from the greatest to the least. This is an indication that something else has entered in. And especially when you say, I don't want to think about that. But images keep popping up. I don't want to look at that. I I don't want to do that. And the will that God gave you, your own human will, is in resistance to it. But you find yourself doing it anyway. Paul said it like this. Who can deliver me from this body of death? I want to do right, but there's something in me. There's something that's influencing me, that's pulling me in a direction that I do not want to go. Well, what do we need? Deliverance. But deliverance cannot come until we ask for it. In life, you will find that, now here again, we're talking about someone, a believer, who has had an experience with God. And at different times, you know full well who you are, and you've you've become comfortable with whom God has made you. And you can feel the presence of something else. You can't quite put your finger on it but you know it's there you may see something out of the corner of your eye you're sitting at a desk or you're driving and there's something else in this car with me what is this walking down the road what is this what is around me it's the presence of an unclean spirit when we feel that we are drawn in another direction, it is not you, but there is something else that has attached itself to you. And there is only one way to be delivered of this. You've got to ask for it. Acknowledge the presence of God in your life and acknowledge you. See, just knowing that it's there, knowing who you are and what God has made you. You say, I know I'm right in the sight of God because of what Jesus Christ has done, but why do I still feel this unworthiness? Why do I still feel this evil foreboding over me? What is this that is trying to bind me, that is trying to run me away from the things of God? What is this? It's an unclean spirit. And God says, my people need deliverance 
Now, when these things come, a counseling session may help bring out the reality of it. But there's only one way to get it out or to get it off. And that is by the power of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Hallelujah. The unclean spirits may manifest themselves in many different ways. To be a spirit of anger and hostility. And you don't know why you're angry. You don't know why you're hostile. You just are. It could be a spirit of lust. And you don't know why you keep seeing these things or why all these things are happening. But, and you're resisting that there's something else. Sadness or spirit of sadness or depression. Why am I always so sad? You know, you have checked yourself. You know that you've not done anything in particular to cause this, that, and the other. You have prayed about it. You have reasoned. You have talked. And you can't find it in you. There's something else there that is shining something on you, that is trying to influence you in another direction. It's an unclean spirit. It's an unclean spirit. Unclean spirits must be driven out by the power of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about someone whose head is spinning around with green foamy stuff that's coming out of their mouths. You miss what I'm saying to you. I'm saying to you that unclean spirits have the ability to whisper in your ear and suggest to you things. While unclean spirits cannot read your mind, they sure can put thoughts or suggest things in your ear or even influence your dreams. Whereas in dreams, you will see yourself or see someone that looks like you in your dream doing something and you feel like you're standing off at a distance and you're seeing yourself doing something and you wonder why am I doing that that's not you that's an imposture they know how to make themselves look like you and have you to do things they they you think it's you but it's them and they're acting out a whole scene and then you wake up the next morning with the desire to do that Oh, and you'll fight it, and you'll fight it, and you'll fight it, and you'll fight it, and you'll fight it. But if there's no deliverance, you'll live it out. You don't have to talk to me today. I know I'm speaking by the Spirit. As we are striving for wholeness or holiness in the Lord, understand that as we are born again, we are no longer of the world but we sure are in it and while we are in it there are other influences that can tempt you and entice you away from the faith we're going to talk about the one that left the 100 whom the Lord willfully goes after to save are you with me in Matthew, the 11th chapter, Matthew 11, let me go right to this short and skinny of it. It says in verse number 28, the Lord says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, rest, you will find rest. All of you that are laboring. And there is a labor, it's a false labor that the born-again believer can go into after sin is committed, after transgression is committed. If you're not careful, once sin is committed, you'll be convinced of the enemy that you need to do works of penance. And the Catholic Church says that you, know, you go into a little box, you confess your sins to the, to the priest, and he tells you what you need to do in order to be right with God. Say 20 Hail Marys. You need to do this and that and the other. Then after you do all this, then you're right with God. But not so in Scripture. The Lord said if, you, we, if we sin, if we would confess our sin before him, he is faithful. He is faithful. In other words, he is true. You can count on him. You can trust him. That when we confess our sins, you can count on him to forgive and to cleanse from all sin and unrighteousness. Two steps. Forgive and cleanse. The forgiveness of God is there. You can trust him to forgive you. When you ask, you can trust him to forgive you. When you ask, you can trust him to forgive you. But too often, we stop at forgiveness and we don't wait for the cleansing. Hear me. It is the cleansing. Whenever we do something unrighteous or whenever we do something that is against God, whenever we commit a sin, a transgression, whenever we allow iniquity to take hold in us and we involve ourselves in something that is unclean. Remember, the scripture says, come out from among them and be separate. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. The Lord says, understands that whenever we touch something unclean, whenever we say something or do something, and it is unclean, and it mars us, and we feel ooky, and we feel awful. What is this on me? We go before God, and we ask him to forgive us. He's faithful. You can trust him. He is going to forgive every single time. Every time you ask, he's going to forgive. But if we're not careful, most will stop at forgiveness and you don't wait on the cleansing. He's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse you, wash you, cleanse you from all sin and unrighteousness. You have to wait on his cleansing. Ask him to cleanse you. David said it like this, creating me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit in me. Forgiveness is one. But you also need to be cleansed. Cleansed. You'll have to wait on his cleansing. Lord, cleanse me. I know you've forgiven me. Now I ask you to cleanse me. Creating me a clean heart. Creating me a clean heart. A clean heart, a clean heart, a clean heart. And renew a right spirit on the inside of me. 
too often we can go through life and we'll say, oh, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. We'll go on. But we've never been cleansed. And unclean spirits attach themselves to filth. They attach themselves to filth. Um, demons in the Bible and scripture are often seen as flies. And the devil is called Beelzebub, Lord, Lord of the flies. And flies always are drawn to filth. You'll find them on the outside, or floating around the poop. You'll find them around things that are dead. They are attracted to filth attracted to film and if we don't watch it morning believer if we don't watch it and if we have not been cleansed you can go around someone else that is in filth and those flies will be attracted to you and you'll walk out of their presence and say what's on me i don't what do i feel what's what's happening with me what's what's going on with me and they'll come and unrest in your heart and unrest. And as human beings, we always seek places of rest. We want to rest as human beings. And, and also, should I say, as spirits, we are spirit. We live in bodies. We possess a soul. And spirits always seek to find rest. That's why demonic spirits want to find a body to rest in. Because disembodied spirits, hear me, disembodied spirits cannot fulfill their desire without a body. The spirit of lust cannot live out or fulfill lust until it gets into someone's body and then it gets its fulfillment. The spirit of murder cannot be refreshed or relieved of that craving until it gets into someone else and then receives the fulfillment when they kill someone. These are spirits. In this, we will also see why hell is so tormenting. Because in hell, there are no bodies. There is no flesh. And if a person were to die, and if this person, person A, is full of lust, if this person A has strong desires for alcohol or drugs and all that, and they die in that condition undelivered, then in hell they lift up their eyes, the desire will still be there. But there'll be no way to fulfill it. Living throughout eternity with a scratch that cannot be fulfilled. Tormented, tormented, tormented by constant desire that cannot be fulfilled. Wow. Awful. I'm not sure how many of you today will, ad will admit to ever having a scratch and itch for something. Ever having a, a desire for something. And it wouldn't leave you alone until you did whatever it was that will bring you what? A moment of peace. A moment of rest. Because here again, as a spirit, we long for rest. I need rest. I need rest. 
And these foreign bodies, these foreign bodies, these foreign spirits, these foreign entanglements, once they have attached themselves or influenced your human spirit or your soul, you'll long for rest. And you won't find rest until you actually live out what that thing is, what it wants to do. Or until you cry out for deliverance, God deliver me, God save me. And then that thing is broken off of you. Jesus says, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. The Lord Jesus told the disciples and he tells us, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send to you another comforter. He knows that at different times our spirit, our heart will need to be comforted. We will need rest and that rest only comes from him. His rest comes without a price. Some of you didn't hear that. It comes without a price, without strings attached, without. But the rest that the enemy gives you always comes with strings attached. It is always momentary and always with strings. It always draws you down a deeper hole. Oh, the first time that one beer, ooh, got a buzz, pretty good feeling. But the next time we go back, it takes about four beers. Oh, next time we go back, it takes a couple of packs. Next time we go back, it takes a couple of kegs to get the same feeling. The first time, it was just that one joint. First time, it was just this. The first time, it was just that one porn movie. Just that one sight. First time, it was just that first slap. Oh, I'm so mad. I want to slap you so bad. Pow! Oh, that feels so much better after I slapped you. Oh, first time that first bit of gossip. Ooh, I just got to, I just got to tell you. And then maybe from that one, it just went to, I got to tell another one. I got to tell another, I got to tell another one. But every time it leads you down a dark, a darker, a deeper hole. And how many of us would confess, I've been down that street and I know where it leads. I know where that goes. So the tricks of the enemy are obvious. It's the same road. You're going to pass the same trees, the same pine cones. You're going to hear the same wolf howl. Oh, we've heard them so many times before. The same road. And we know we can feel when we're being drawn down that road. But the Lord says, my people need deliverance. And he showed me a vision of a werewolf. I told my wife about that. And in actuality, in reality, there is a such thing as werewolves and vampires. But just not the kind that you see on TV. <laughs> werewolves, spirits that make some do different things. In the nighttime. Oh, they're fine during the day. But when them, that light go out, that moon come up, they change. You say, I didn't know you were like that. 
As long as Ted was at work every day, nobody really noticed. Ted was an upstanding worker. But at night, the freak came out. No one ever knew the other life that Ted had at night. So there were some that will change from one form to another when they're under the influence of an unclean spirit. An animal will come out. A ravenous wolf will come out. Unrestrained werewolf. They can't control sometimes their transformation. When certain stimuli comes close. <sighs> and then they change. And some have more of a vampiric spirit. They leech on people to, to pull the life out of them. Get around some, they get around you, and you always feel drained when they come around. Always drained, always drained as they suck the life out of you. So some of the things are real, but I saw... More of the werewolf, and I'm about to close shortly. Because a lot of people have been transformed. When the lights go out, when we're no longer in public view, some of us transform. And I'm not talking about the transformers either. We transform. And we can't stop the transformation. We need deliverance. But you see, deliverance won't come until we ask for it. Until we acknowledge, okay, Lord, there's something else with me, and I don't want it to be here. Every once in a while, I'll go through my house, and I'll anoint my home with oil. And if you need oil for your home, go to Piggly Wiggly, buy you some. And if you want me to pray over the oil, I will pray over your oil. Hallelujah. Every once in a while, I'll go through my home and I'll anoint my family and I'll anoint the doors, I'll anoint the windows, I'll anoint the yard, I'll anoint it in the name of the Lord Jesus, declaring, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I understand that no matter how good, if good at all, that I can be, there will still be other influences. We're all, we all were born with a bent, all bent toward something, all bent toward something, all of us. Some desire that was, that we could trace through our bloodline. Granddaddy had it, his granddaddy had it, uncle so-and-so had it. It can be traced down through our bloodline. It's there. If you're dealing with it now, it's there. You can find it in your bloodline. I'm not talking about if something is occasional desire in you. That's not what I'm talking about, occasional desire. Uh -uh. Something that has a hold, you can find it in your bloodline. It came down through the blood. It came down through the blood. And it is this that we need the Lord's delivering power. Now, let's go back to the beginning. And we said that God people say or the this lie that's been spun off by the devil as people say that 
they can't come to God if they have these things on them. When the Bible says also in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah the, se- Isaiah the first chapter, verse number 18, he says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. He says, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, God said you will eat the good of the land. He says, come. He says, come. Just as you are. Come. Come, come, come. As a loving father, as Pastor Sumiko said earlier, as a loving father says, come. Your heavenly father says, come. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's a woman in Luke, the seventh chapter. In Luke 7, you'll find a woman who was a sinner. The Bible calls her a sinner. The Lord Jesus goes, uh, he was asked to go to a dinner at a Pharisee's house, and he accepts, and he goes into the house. As he enters into the house the, and begins to eat, the Bible says that there was a woman, a sinner in that city. When she heard that Jesus was going to be there, she got an alabaster box or an, a flask of ointment. And she traveled and made her way into the house where Jesus was. And as Jesus was sitting and eating, she came in and she stood Weeping. I can see her weeping over his feet. And I believe she noticed that his feet were getting wet. So she kneeled down to wipe the tears away with her hair. In effect, she was washing his feet with his tears and drying them with her hair. And as the dinner went on, progressed, she began to anoint his feet. Well, the Pharisee that had bidden him, the Pharisee that invited Jesus said, he thought within himself, if this man were really a prophet, he should know what kind of woman this is. She's a sinner. And if he were really a man of God, he wouldn't let this sinner even touch him. Mm, Sounds like religious thinking. Jesus perceiving in himself what this Pharisee was thinking tells him, Simon, I want to tell you a story. Simon says, all right, uh, say on, master. Go ahead. He said there was a creditor that um, had two people that owed him. One owed him 500 pence and another owed him uh, 50 pence. And, And when these two that owed him, when they came to him and said, we don't have anything to pay we don't have anything to pay you. The creditor just frankly forgave them both. Jesus said, well, which one, Simon, do you think will love him more or the most? Simon said, well, the one that, who was forgiven the most. Jesus said, you have judged right, righteously. You've judged rightly. He said, do you see this woman? She has many sins. She has sinned much. He said, but I say to you, I came in your house and you gave me not even a common courtesy of washing my feet when I came in. 
You didn't give me any oil for my feet for refreshing. But she has. She has honored me. Your religion did not honor me, but her relationship did. She honored me. He said, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet. She honors me. And he said, though her sins be many. Then he turned to the woman and said, daughter. Or he turned to her and said, your sins be forgiven you. He made her whole. He said, your faith hath saved you. She was a sinner. The Pharisee thought, how dare you? How can you touch this holy man? If he were a holy man, he wouldn't let her touch him. But that's religious thinking. It's not Jesus. That's not who we serve. That's not who we serve. I'm not going, I'm not going to prolong the time. But I will tell you this. That the Father is waiting. He's waiting to deliver you. He's waiting to heal you. He's waiting to set us free. He's waiting to set us free because inwardly our heart longs to serve him. We long to love him. We long for that relationship with him. We long to hear his voice. We long for his touch. As the deer pants after the water brook, so our souls thirst after thee, O oh God. I long for your touch. I long for your embrace. Long for him. The Bible says that God is near to those that are of a, of a broken spirit and of a contrite heart. He said he's near him, that, that he will receive you. He said that he will receive us. Contrite means crushed or remorseful. You see, because we, even on this side of the cross, we can do something and feel so ashamed that we've done it. The Lord said, I'm near to you. I'm here to restore you. And I believe in Psalm 57, the Lord says, what David says here, he said, a, a broken and a contrite spirit will the Lord not despise. He's not going to turn us away. He's not going to turn us away. The Bible says that his arms are not too short that it cannot save, nor, nor his ears dull of hearing that he cannot hear your cry. God wants to restore us. He wants to deliver us. There's an act that we can do as we pray. We pray and we ask God for forgiveness. And he will forgive every time. But there's also a cleansing that's needed. God, cleanse my heart. Make me whole. We need to be cleansed from anger, cleansed from unforgiveness, cleansed from lust, cleansed from all these other things, depression or anguish. We need to be cleansed. And that process is initiated by the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. So in conclusion, I would say this. You don't have to live with those other things. You don't have to live with it. You don't have to walk with it. You don't have to allow it to walk with you. 
The Lord said, I'll give you rest. If we're laboring on the inside for rest, the Lord says, come to me. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Because there's a large part portion of the body that's longing for rest. Longing for rest. That's engaged in other practices and other things. And you know that's not you. It's, it's kind of like you have a dual nature like that of a werewolf. You're this way this time, but that way the other time. And, and, and you're wrestling with that dual nature or you, you, you're wrestling with that. You know who you want to be and you know who you desire to be. But still, there's this other that's there, this other thing that we transform into the thing that we don't want to be. God says, come to me and I will give you rest because it can be a struggle. You can struggle with it. I'm talking about save folk. We can struggle with it. But the Lord says, you know, there's no need to struggle. Just come to me. Because we can fight it all day and night. We can fight it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. What are you doing? You're laboring. You're laboring. The Lord said, come to me and I'll heal you and I will deliver you and I will give you rest. But as long as you're on this planet called earth and you're in that body, you will see that there will be always unclean spirits that will try to attach itself to you. Through television, through radio, through movies, and all these, through conversations, they'll always try to attach themselves. And we've got to constantly ask the Lord to forgive us and to cleanse us. Forgive and to cleanse. As we're walking by faith in the grace of God, the process must continue. It must continue. The day that we stop asking for forgiveness is the day that we cannot be forgiven. The day that we stop asking for forgiveness is the day that we can no, no longer be forgiven. You have to ask for forgiveness and the cleansing. Get in his presence and request and seek him for the cleansing. And once we're clean, you know you're clean and you won't want to be dirty again. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We are done in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.